The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two. Glad you've tuned in, everybody, here at the Chris Salcedo Show. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. 888-900-3393. Let's get to the flip around, see what the cable news shows are talking about. We go first to CNN. Far to find damaging information on Hillary Clinton or negative information. Robbie Mook, the Clinton campaign manager, said the revelation puts potential collusion closer to Trump. What's disturbing is at each and every juncture, uh, the Trump campaign gets closer and closer to Russia and the connections become more direct. That's an, idi- uh, an idiotic statement. The fact that this, this lawyer has ties to Russia. She's a Russian, meaning she's a Russian citizen. Uh-huh. Uh, I might as well get into this a little bit. Fox News Sunday, Ryan's Priebus was a- asked about this. And I, I find the timing of the New York Times piece suspect. Because here comes Donald Trump off another successful foreign trip. Another trip that was, by the way, the hallmark of the trip was this. The president opened the meeting uh, with President Putin by raising the concerns of the American people regarding Russian interference in the 2016 election. Uh, They had a very robust and lengthy exchange on the subject. And the press was deflated, of course, because they expected them to to do the secret handshake. And uh, yeah, the fix was in and way to go, Vlad, and way to go, Donald. And it was all supposed to be like that. So when that didn't happen, and when all of a sudden CNN's own David Gergen was saying stuff like this. Initial reading suggests that this could have been one of the most productive, promising meetings President Trump has held since he took office. Uh, for if, the very fact that now the meddling is on the table, we, and we may have disagreements about how it, that conversation developed, but that they're developing a framework for uh, future cyber attacks and how they're going to handle it on each side and how they're going to keep the Russians out of the U.S. and other countries. That is promising. And this agreement in Syria could be very promising. It is a multi-state agreement, uh, not only with the Russians and the United States, but also with Jordan and Israel. Uh, and, if, and if we could start working together with the Russians, that's something John Kerry wanted to do. Uh, in the Obama administration, we could start working with the Russians more closely on Syria. That could be very promising, too. This was presidential. This was big league stuff. So that was what was being said on CNN. This was presidential and big league stuff. So naturally, the, the New York Times had to run this, this piece they've been sitting on God knows how long. Because when the narrative is good for Trump, they're going to try to introduce Russia, Trump, Trump, and Russia, Trump, Russia, Russia, Trump, Trusha, Rump, <laughs> whatever, whatever they can do to get it in there. I mean, it, 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 they are a one-trick pony. It's Russia, Russia, Russia. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. All the time. So now, and as you just heard, Jeff Zeleny, the one who wanted to know whether Barack Obama was enchanted by his job, was now on the case because Donald Trump Jr. uh, had this meeting with a lawyer, a lawyer who said, hey, I've got evidence that Hillary Clinton's colluding with Russians. 
on the campaign. Turned out to be a lie. She lied because there was a real reason why she wanted to get in there. In, in terms of the DNC, are you suggesting that this was somehow a setup by Democrats to, to try to link them or compromise them with the Russians? And, and this was before there was any Russian interference in the election. So why would they have done that? That's Chris Wallace talking with Ryan Priebus, the chief of staff to the president of the United States. I have, well, look, why was Fusion GPS involved in putting together this dossier? Fusion GPS is the firm that came up with the the fake dossier about Donald Trump's exploits over the overseas, complete fabrication, completely discredited. And it has ties to the Democrats. So fusion GPS has ties to this, this law firm or this Russian lawyer who initiated a meeting with Donald Trump jr. To talk about, Hey, we've got opposition research on Hillary Clinton. She's colluding with Russians, and I ought to know I'm a Russian. So Donald Trump Jr. says, okay, let's hear it. I don't know, Chris, and I don't think too many people know uh, why or how this meeting came about. However, what I can tell you is from my communication with our team on this subject, there was nothing to it. It was a 20-minute meeting. It ended after everyone was decidedly uh, sitting there saying there's nothing happening here. They moved on. Uh, and I think in the end, what you're going to find in this story, if you read the Circa column, is I think there's more questions on the Democrat side than anywhere else. And of course, you can't expect CNN to ask Democrats about this other, other than the fact, hey, what is this? Does this mean collusion? 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 Is, has anybody drawn a parallel that this woman spoke for the Russian government at all or was trying to broker any or had any power to broker any type of deals for the Russian government? No, nobody's even suggesting that. They just want to be able to say Russia, Trump, Trump, Russia as, as many times as they possibly can. It's complete and utter insanity. Now, Donald Trump Jr., he has since amended this, but the statement isn't far afield from when Kevin Cork was out on the White House lawn last evening and uttered this. The woman stated that she had information that individuals connected to Russia were funding the Democratic National Committee and supporting Ms. Clinton. The statement goes on to read, her statements were vague, ambiguous, and made no sense. He continues, she began discussing the adoption of Russian children adding, it became clear to me that this was the true agenda all along. And as you pointed out earlier, he adds, most notably, my father knew nothing of the meeting or these events. So here is in the middle, coming up on the presidential election, it's in what, June, June, July is when this happened. This Russian lawyer wants access to, the, to, to Donald Trump and decides to go through Donald Trump Jr. to get it. Says, I've got information on how uh, the Hillary Clinton camp is colluding with the Russians. Getting money and, and all this kind of stuff. So uh, I want to meet with you. So Donald Trump Jr. says, well, why not? Why not? If, if she has evidence of nefarious activities by the Democrats, which we all know is typical for that political persuasion, they have a long history of working with the Soviet Union slash the Russians to influence our elections, the Democrat Party does. It goes all the way back to Ted Kennedy. So he takes the meeting, and then she has nothing. As a matter of fact, the whole premise of the meeting was to, to talk about what her real agenda was, which is these adoptions of, of Russian kids. 
and hoping that will make it to the president's uh, agenda. And they said, okay, this this wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Bye. So long. So I I don't think there's going to be much about this. I mean, there's much to this, but it, it, it doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. The fact that there's nothing to this is, is reason why it'll probably be continued to be talked about all over, all over cable news. As a matter of fact, let's go over to MSNBS. Feels like they have a good stretch of days. The word Russia suddenly falls on them again. Uh, they were feeling very good about last week. I mean, obviously, there have been questions raised about his meeting with President Putin, but they were White House insiders were cheering the speech in Poland. They felt like the president was authoritative, came back on a high note. They're hoping to revive some health care. Yeah. Like, they felt good. And yet, this is happening again. So they're into damage control. You're seeing Donald Trump Jr. deny it, of course, on Twitter. Yep, the uh Chiron graphic, the CG at the lower third of the screen, folks, reads Trump Jr. Kremlin linked lawyer promised dirt on Clinton. And that's what they're all going for. Uh, Over to Fox News Channel. Jr., the campaign and the Russians. I don't think we have any evidence so far of collusion um, by anyone from the Trump campaign and the Russians. And I, I say that for a few reasons. Tom Dupree, former DOJ official, talking with Fox News Channel. Look, so it's everywhere. All the cable talkers are talking about it. And again, here we are, another nothing burger story put out by a nothing burger news outlet, the New York Times, so that other nothing burger, nothing burger cable outlets like CNN, MSNBS are forced to talk about it. They're gleeful to talk about it, and Fox News is forced to talk about it. And so are we, quite frankly. But again, it's just, it's just an effort to put out Russia, Trump, Trump, Russia, Russia, Trump. That's it. Again, off a very successful foreign trip. Another successful foreign trip by the president. Uh, again, this is, this is nothing. You want to see whether something, folks? We'll probably talk more about this tomorrow. James Comey. Apparently, he had classified information on his notes he took about his meeting with the president. And that's... A no-no. That's, well, according to the president's tweeting earlier today, that, that would be illegal. And I think the law backs him up on that. I'll be back in a minute. It's the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. I was asked uh, earlier today on Twitter, why is President Obama shadowing Donald Trump over in Europe and commenting on things? Why? Why is he? Well, I guess that they were they were uh, commenting on the Washington Post piece. Obama returns to political fray for. Democratic Party cause. Former resident Barack Obama will formally re-enter the political fray this week, less than six months after leaving office, headlining a fundraiser for a group that could prove critical for the Democrat Party's rebuilding efforts. That was one point of reference. The other point of reference was, of course, Mr. Obama nipping at Donald Trump's heels. And somebody, and I can't remember who it was, who asked me on Twitter, why is Obama doing this? And I said, well, 
aside from the obvious that he's a narcissist, that he can't handle not being the center of attention. A lot of progressives suffer from this ailment. But the fact that he's a a low-class, low-rent individual who does not like the... He did, in his mind, he did good work. He took America down several pegs. He uh, mainstreamed socialism, mainstreamed collectivism. And he's claiming victory. And he doesn't want any of it undone. He doesn't want to have the language evolve back to where to a higher form of discussion, which of course is self-determination, self-government, and oh, uh, uh, a free market, free enterprise market, and freedom and liberty. He doesn't want it to evolve back. He wants to have it remain devolved where he put it. In this... Well, in a country where you have reprobates questioning whether or not uh, or, or trying to get people fired for buying cops a brownie. That's the kind of America Obama cherishes and wants. He, he doesn't want the talk of secession to go away. By the way, former Fox News legal analyst Liz Wheel will join us talking about the secessionist movement and folks it's not going away it's not just uh, a fanciful discussion there are folks out there who are serious and it's gaining ground it's gaining momentum in places like california so that's coming up as well so that so the the answer the simple answer is that obama loves himself some Obama and Obama likes to have him himself in the limelight. And he, and he like, he still thinks he's president. He still wants to be president and making the calls. He can't stand that Donald Trump, someone he regards as a simpleton is undoing all the damage or trying to undo all the damage that he did. He should, he should be smiling though from big ear to big ear because Mitch McConnell was a complete waste. And John Boehner, when he ran things, a complete waste. Because all of these years, decrying Obamacare, and they didn't have a consensus bill. We'll get into that coming up in short order. Meantime, Ryan's Priebus talking details of this summit, the Leadership G20 Summit on Fox News Sunday. Generally, at these G20 summits, the meetings of the world's leading economies, East and West, the U.S. sets the tone, but there were a lot of times, and you, you've just referred to it a couple of times, sharp disagreement over climate change, just completely uh, disagree, and, and they kind of papered over the disagreement on trade, which still is there. Does the president have any trouble when it's, he's won against 19? Wait a minute. The whole premise of Chris Wallace's question started out being, these summits are usually led by America. And then he ends the question by saying, well, isn't that a problem when, when it's one against 19? Wait, wait, wait. Isn't that the definition of leadership? One steps out in front? <laughs> I mean, he, he, throughout the, the course of his question, he contradicted himself. Which is it, Chris Wallace? Is America to lead or is America to follow? Which is it? This, kind, I, this bugged me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but it bugged me. The definition of leadership is 
separating oneself from the pack, which is what Donald Trump did at the G20 summit. America is not going to allow these countries anymore to run roughshod over us. No, actually, I think the American people should look at that as a massive positive about this president, that you have a president that doesn't just show up at the G20 and sink into his chair and just suddenly agree with all of these European leaders across, uh, uh, across the table. I agree. Now, now, who did that? Who was the one? Let me be clear. I'll do whatever you want. America's been on top for too long. Let me be clear. Yeah, I'll screw America. Let me, let me help you all screw America. Let me be clear. I'm the great Barack Obama. And we're going to spread the wealth around. America got here by accident. Let me be clear. So, the, Ryan Priebus did a masterful job of painting the contrast. Now, Chris Wallace says, well, man, don't we want to be part of the club? I mean, it's, it's 19 against 1. Don't we want to be part of the club? No, we want to lead it. We don't want to be part of it. We don't want to be... We don't want to flop. We don't want to be just one of, of many. We want to be upper echelon. We want to lead. And that's what Donald Trump, that's how Donald Trump sees this country. That's what Donald Trump is used to doing. And that's precisely what he did. None of these agreements, including the Paris Climate Accord, are in America's best interests. Why in the hell would we sign on to it? Now, I know why Obama wants to sign on to something like that, because that was what Barack Obama was about degrading the United States of America. But I think it's silly to expect a pro-American president to do the same. When it comes to issues that he disagrees on, the president's made it very clear that he doesn't believe the Paris Agreement is fair. Now, you say it's a disagreement. It's really not a disagreement on the environment. It's a disagreement on the Paris uh, Agreement itself and the fact that we don't want to be uh, hamstrung by an agreement that's going to hurt the American worker across the country that the president's pledged to support. Now, and do you know what he means by this? For those of you who, who have not heard me describe the Paris Climate Accord to you before, remember, the Paris Climate Accord was voluntary for everybody else. Well, technically, it's voluntary for everybody. But President Obama said, let me be clear. You can all do whatever you want, but I'm going to screw America. Let me be clear. So he did. We're not, we're not even the number one emitter of CO2 in the world. China is. And China said, oh, we'll get to it in about 30 years. That was the sum total of China's contribution to the Paris Climate Accord. We'll maybe possibly, perhaps, get to it in 30 years. But hey, if you in the United States under Barack Obama want to put the pistol up to your head and pull the trigger, go right ahead. We'll sit and watch. We love it. German Chancellor Angela Merkel was, was all too willing to let America redistribute its, its wealth over to European nations to help them fix their screwed up way of life. So too are the other socialist capitals of Europe. We don't, we, we disagree in regard to trade a little bit and the fact that this president actually believes that, that trade should be fair, that we shouldn't be taken advantage of. I mean, That's something the president's standing up for the American people. It should be seen as a positive, Chris. It is a positive for those who are pro-American. Up next, well, speaking of pro-American, keeping the union together would be nice, but there is a growing secessionist movement among the left. We'll talk about it with Liz Wheel next. The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
Macedo Show. Listen, dial, speak. 888-900-3393. Coming up on the program, we'll deal with the Republicans and their lack of a plan to repeal Obamacare. That's all coming up. Before joining Fox News Channel in New York City, Liz Wheel served as legal analyst and reporter for NBC News and NPR's All Things Considered. Also served as a federal prosecutor in the United States Attorney's Office and earned her Juris Doctor from Harvard Law School and her Master's of Arts in Literature from the University of Queensland. Liz Wheel, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. It's great to be with you. Well, let's talk about this because I, when, I, when I got uh, the, the heads up about what you've been looking into, the secessionist movements, I'm fascinated with, with these movements because uh, under the last occupant in the Oval Office, Barack Obama, there was one that, w- that had developed strongly in the state in which I broadcast, in the state of Texas and in other states uh, in the South. And now with Donald Trump in office, you've got left-wing states uh, like California seriously contemplating removing themselves from the union. And as a matter of fact, if and you tell me if your research bears this out, I think they're more serious out in California. What, what have you discovered? Absolutely. There's a movement called Cal Exit, Cal Exit, that is a very strong movement. They're organized, and uh, it's California, it's Washington, it's Oregon. I mean, these states really want to uh, exit, as their name says, um, from the United States of America. They want to separate. They're organized. They've got money. They've got people that um, want to separate from the United States, and they're, they're powerful. I mean, you think of the state of California itself is a, a nation unto itself as far as economic structure, as far as power, as far as mobility. I mean, they, you know, just even forget about, not forget about, but, they, you know, even without Oregon and Washington, they're, they're, they're a powerful um, nation state by itself. And I was surprised in the, just the research for the separatists. It's a, you know, it's a novel. It's fiction. But when I do research for any of my novels, I want to bring to the reader um, real facts and real search, research behind it. So I do th- simple things like uh, set myself up for a Google alert every day, right? So I put in things like uh, separatist, secession, you know, secessionist, all that kind of stuff, thinking, oh, you know, I'll get, you know, wait, you know, one, two, maybe six uh, per week, per bi week, per, you know, month you know, alerts, you know, no big deal. And then I can, you know, follow through on those. Right. I get multiple, I'm, guys, I'm, I'm, guys, I'm telling you, Chris, I'm saying multiple hits per day and not just from CalExit and not just from Texas and not just from like, a, you know, a guy in Montana, you know, but from people and organized folks all over the country, all over the world. I mean, this, of course, this is international, um, you know, look at Spain, but all over the world, organized um, groups saying, we're serious about this. Hmm. There is so much, it, it really is in the root of um, anger. You know, whoever doesn't win in an election, um, whoever, doesn't, whoever doesn't get their guy or gal or movement or cause or petition or whatever, you know, could take it down from the highest to the lowest level. And I don't mean, you know, lowest, but I mean, you know, um, you know, more, more discourse. Um, discourse, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, and they lose. You know, they feel like they lose. Well, what is the 
gut, you know, level reaction. Okay, I'm going to separate. I'm going to walk away. It's like the kids in the sandbox. No, I think you're you're about. I'm going to take my toys and walk away. Exactly. You're on to something, and it's a phenomenon we have not, that we're not accustomed to here in the United States. That, you know, we, uh, here in our country, it has been the hallmark of the peaceful transition of authority. It's something we used to take pride in in this country. But I would rationalize, and I am a partisan, I am a conservative, so let me just, or an ideological right. partisan, I'm a conservative. I think that there has been a, a degradation that started back during the Bush administration by the extremist left that found voice in the election of Barack Obama twice and had it mainstream. And now when you don't get your way, as you said, you take your ball and you go home. Let me ask you, in your research, which one of these movements actually has a snowball's chance in Hades of actually succeeding? Is is it California? Do they actually have a a potential of secession? Yes, I do. I mean, the, 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 the Supreme Court. Now, I say that I say that. With the, in the context, um, you have to put in context that the Supreme Court has ruled, but decades and decades ago, that secession is not constitutional. All right. right. So they have ruled that. But as we know, the Supreme Court and the, the rulings are malleable. And, you know, look, I'm a, I, I like to think of myself because I'm 102 years old. <laughs> as somewhat of a, of a legal scholar at this point, uh-huh. because I'm 102 years old, so I'm I'm, I'm elderly, um, so I, I give myself that. Um, but you know, uh, a lot of people haven't read that opinion, and so they will say, "Well, we can go ahead with it." And you know, I haven't we haven't read that opinion, Will. Mm. Um, but okay, so let's just say they haven't read that opinion, and maybe that opinion they could find a loophole in that opinion and say, well, we either haven't read that opinion, Lisa, or we will find a loophole around that opinion. Okay, so they, so let's say they do. So then let's say that Supreme Court decision just ha- doesn't happen to be out there anymore. Well, then what's to keep California from seceding? Yeah. Nothing. Well, you got uh, money. Let- you got California. such a powerful state. Why not? Well, that's and, and that is well the fear and actually I think there are some folks within the sound of my voice who actually might cheer if that were to happen. Liz Wheel is our guest right now, uh, <laughs> former legal analyst over there at Fox, over at NBC and NPR. Uh, you mentioned research for your books now, so you are doing something called Newsmaker Fiction Series. What what is this all about? Yes. Um, well, it started. The series is called The Newsmakers, and I started. Uh-huh. The first novel is called The Newsmakers. It started with this this intrepid reporter, Erica Sparks, and she really is, boy, that girl, she knows, I wish she'd just got to stay in bed sometimes, but no, I don't, she just, she just mm-hmm. stays in bed, I mean that because she just like, she gets out of bed and it's like, boy, just everything, she gets in trouble, I mean, she just finds trouble wherever she goes, and in the newsmakers, she found that uh, she was working for GNN Global News Network um, in New York City, and she found out that her bosses we're really creating, starting to create the news. Now, I wrote this book. I wrote that book back. <laughs> you know, this was like, this was like, I, I'm not kidding. It's sure all Sure you did. This was no, like, well, you... I did. This was, this was two and a half, three years ago. No, Liz, Liz Wheel, folks, had, she had her crystal ball, and she looked in there, and she saw the writing on the wall. Maybe it's something you, ha- you knew intuitively that you'd be looking into the future, and you'd be making a fiction series that is now, <laughs> in my opinion, mimicking life. 
as you see uh, <clears throat> the GNN equivalent in reality actually creating the news. Liz, it's called The Newsmakers, folks. It's part of, the, it's part of a series of books by Liz Wheel, former uh, Fox News personality and legal analyst, NBC, NPR. She's been, she's been around and not as old as she'd like you to think she is. <laughs> she's not 102, please. Uh, no, Liz Wheel, thank you very much. I enjoyed the talk. And, and come it. back here on The Chris Salcedo Show. Thank you so much. Have a great day. 888 As promised, we'll jump into, before we go to the break here, a little bit of what's happening with the Republican health care repeal. The president is out there tweeting. As a matter of fact, hold on, let me reach for my phone. Uh, the president tweeted today, and I'm, I am trying to pull up my Twitter account as fast as I possibly can. I should have had this pulled up already. But he was tweeting about what Congress should be doing. And I took note of it and I wanted to, to, I don't know, break it, break it to the commander in chief that maybe he's put his faith in the wrong folks. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, the, the at real Donald Trump account tweeted the following. I cannot imagine that Congress would dare to leave Washington without a beautiful new health care bill fully approved and ready to go. And I said, Mr. President, you've dealt with these types of people in business, all talk and no substance. After six years at GOP emulated Dems, no work. Folks, I, I ha this gives me no pleasure in saying it, but it's, it's, it, it doesn't make it any less true that for all of their protestations, and you know what, I've got to say, of all the criticism of the Republican Party that is truly valid from the Democrats, or no, of all the criticism the Democrats level, the only thing that, that I can agree with them that is valid is the fact the Republican Party has been caterwauling about Obamacare for the last six, seven years, and they've been right to do so. However, responsible people would have had a bill ready and raring to go to take the place of this catastrophic cancer known as Obamacare. They, they would have had it ready to go. A consensus bill. And they don't. Now, let me remind you of a conversation. I think I told you guys about this before. I had a conversation with uh, a frequent guest of the program, Congressman Michael Burgess. I was on local radio in Dallas back in 2010. And I asked him point blank, sir, why is not the GOP coming up with an alternative bill to socialism? Why not an, uh, an alternative bill to Obamacare? And he said, you know what? I, I can't convince the leadership to do this. Who was the leadership back then? It was Mitch McConnell. It was John Boehner. So either these individuals have no ima can't imagine free market anymore. They, they may have conceived that they've lost the battle, that the vast majority of Americans, everybody within the sound of my voice, they've, they've conceded the fact that you deserve health care paid for by somebody else. Does that describe you? It doesn't describe me. There is no constitutional guarantee of health care paid for by somebody else. It doesn't exist. 
But the Republicans, instead of making the intellectual argument, and for crying out loud, they don't have to make the intellectual argument. Just look at the disaster that socialism has been under Obamacare. And they, so they're out there saying, well, Obamacare's failing, Obamacare's failing. Well, no, we got that, chief. What's your big idea? And they don't have one. And part of the reason are these so-called moderate Republicans who, if it weren't, if they could get elected as Democrats, they'd be Democrats. Let's just be honest. They would be Democrats. They're certainly not conservatives. Uh, I'll tell you what I mean. The other side of the break, you found the Salcedo Show right here on The Blaze. The antidote to the Brian Williams press. The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Yes or no? Will they pass? Yes. Yes. We'll yes. They will get a. They will get a repeal and replace bill done. I believe that before the August recess. Maybe before. Maybe a little bit into it. But I know that this president expects them to get this thing done, whether it be before August recess or during August recess. The president expects the Senate to fulfill the promises it made to the American people. Well, that's what serious individuals would do, and I, or I can admire the expectation of the chief of staff, Ryan's Priebus. And the president's expectation, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be happening at all. As a matter of fact, I, I think that Mitch McConnell, uh, the agenda all along was to work together with Democrats, even though these same Democrats were the ones that forced Obamacare down our throats without any consultation with the Republicans. None. Zero. Not one Republican vote. Not one adopted Republican amendment or anything that was meaningful that changed the law and would have made it work for Americans and kept government out. I, I think I'm with Dagan McDowell of Fox Business Network who said this. I look at, at, at particularly a lot of these centrist Republicans on this issue and there aren't donkeys and elephants. There aren't Democrats and Republicans. They're all just a bunch of hogs eaten at the trough that's what my take is all these centrists who are holding this up who want the goodies who just think they can administer big government better seems to me that's all they're uh, all they're in it for i wanted to leave you with this our buddy james woods the actor james woods posting this this satire sketch of a snowflake liberal listen well my fight is ruined it's absolutely ruined i get up and I go and I turn on the news. First thing I see, first thing I see is Trump, not my president, Trump, <laughs> shaking Vladimir Putin's hand. Oh. And I'm like, wow, you know, I mean, and then, and then to top it off, Trump, not my president, <laughs> taps Putin on the back. It was like a tap, you know. And I'm like, there is your collusion, people. Like, if you can't, if you can't see that, seriously, if you can't see that, there's something wrong with you. There's something seriously wrong with you. Uh-huh. 
I mean, I should be an investigative journalist because I, God. and then, and then like Trump, not my president was looking at Putin and he started blinking. He was blinking at him. And then Putin looked back at Trump and he was blinking at Trump and they were like, both standing there blinking at each other. And it was like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's like Morse code. They're communicating, they're communicating. They're, they're... This is CNN. <laughs> Glad you uh, made it to the Chris Salcedo show today, folks. Remember this, society's worth not measured by how much power is seized by government, but how much power is reserved for we the people. 888 900 The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network.